Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Welcome to a podcast from Joy's jazz show, Bent Notes. Tune in live each Sunday night at joy.org.au. My very special guest tonight on Bent Notes is a Perth-based jazz saxophonist, composer and educator who is a leader on the Perth jazz scene and who also leads a big band called the Artemis Orchestra. After working for four years, they have just released their superb big band debut album called The Elephant in the Room. To tell us all about that elephant and the orchestra, it's my pleasure to bid a very warm bent note welcome to Gemma Farrell. Welcome back, Gemma. Thank you so much for having me. A pleasure indeed. It's been a few years since we spoke. I was coming over with my quintet, yeah, and that was November 2019, so right before, right when we didn't know what the world was capable of. <laughs> indeed, and now we certainly do. Yeah. <laughs> Gemma, is there an elephant in the room that needed music? I think so, yeah. I mean, the Artemis Orchestra was formed because I felt women and uh, people of marginalised genders, so transgender people and non-binary people, I, I felt like they needed more representation on the stage. And I felt like having a band like the Artemis Orchestra, which is predominantly female, um, we have two men in the orchestra at the moment and we also have a non-binary member. I felt like having a band like that would provide a lot of inspiration to our young women and young non-binary and trans people because young men, they have it pretty good. They can go and see a, a jazz club most nights of the week and, and see a fantastic male artist. They can most likely see lots of fantastic male artists. So they have lots of reassurance. And I realise I'm speaking a bit generally because I, I know that there's exceptions. Like in Australia, there's, I, I'd say the majority of Australian musicians are probably white. So maybe young boys of colour don't have enough representation. I feel like young boys can have have already quite enough examples to know that they can do it. And that's a great thing. And I feel like our young women and non-binary people need that too. So I just wanted to form a band that young people could watch us and go, hey, I can play jazz too. That's me up there on stage. I can do it. Exactly. You have to see it to be it. It's that encouragement to, to build, I suppose it's building confidence, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I run a course called the Young Women in Jazz course, which started in Sydney with Sandy Evans. I think the great thing about that course is particularly if, if girls go to a co-ed school, their first experience of improvising, which is quite a difficult and scary thing to do, is probably in a band full of mostly guys because the band director says who wants to be in the jazz band. And unfortunately, we still assign gender roles to instruments. So we still see females playing instruments like flute and men playing instruments that are more associated with jazz. So saxophone, trumpet, trombone, a guitar, bass, drums and piano. Well, at least jazz piano anyway. 
Unfortunately for young girls, their first experience of improvising is often in a band of boys. That's quite scary. I've had that feeling before and you feel like you can't slip up or make a mistake because you feel like if you do make a mistake, you're representing your whole gender. If you do make a mistake, people are going to think, well, women can't play jazz. And of course, I would hope that nobody actually (laughs) thought that, but that's how we feel when we're the elephant in the room when we're, when we're the the odd ones out. So I, I feel like the Young Women in Jazz course, you know, it provides an environment where I say it's okay to suck because it's as, as judgment-free as possible. Everyone there is there to learn how to improvise. Everyone there is a beginner and everyone there is a marginalised gender. So, yeah, I, I wanted to create a band of professional people who represent that and provide some inspiration for those young people. From the band to date, have you received the feedback from your members that you're achieving the objective that you set out to achieve? I think so, yeah. I mean, particularly a lot of the younger members of the band are very grateful to do it. We often have young girls and their parents come to our gigs to see us play and I think you know those parents are taking them to those gigs to show them that they're capable (laughs) so that they can hear an example of what you can sound like when you put in those years and years of practice. I think we have but I I still think we're quite a young band so you know this this album is our our sort of first big milestone and I, I hope we will have many milestones in the future. It is certainly a magnificent album. I've been enjoying it this week. It's just it's just it's a big band album that deserves to be played and played and played. It's got me to and from work every day, which is Oh, thank uh, you. That's fantastic. nice to hear. I think the title track I absolutely love and then there's another one in there that I love as well uh, called Laneway Culture. It just has something We should have a listen to one shortly, shouldn't we? Yeah, why not? I reckon we should have a listen to Laneway Culture because I understand there's a bit of a story behind it. Well, yes, I wrote it when I was living in Holland. And when I was living in Holland, I was thinking about moving back to Australia, but I didn't know where yet. And I was sort of considering all the options. And I didn't end up moving to Melbourne, which is... Actually, uh, like, I love Melbourne so much, but um, Perth has worked out much better for me than I thought it would. And I'm originally from Perth, so it's lovely to be near all my family again. But yeah, I was thinking about Melbourne and I was writing this tune and I was sort of envisioning Melbourne and then I I was coming up with the title and I thought, well, what can I call this? And I, I Googled Melbourne and uh, the Wikipedia article for Melbourne said Melbourne is known for its laneway culture and so I named the tune Laneway Culture. Great way to go, Gemma. Love uh, our lanes here in Melbourne. Uh, they're a little bit quiet at the moment and have been for a year or so. Yeah. Uh, we have no doubt they'll, they'll get back there. Is there much of a laneway culture of any description in Perth? Definitely nowhere near as much as Melbourne, but there definitely is in Holland where I was living. I was living in Harlem, which is 20 minutes uh, west of Amsterdam, so it's like a small Amsterdam yeah, so Amsterdam and Harlem, definitely laneway culture. But yeah, Perth, we only really have two laneways and I, I, I guess you would call them more arcades than laneways. But yeah, I, I love Melbourne and visiting, like I hope to be able to visit there again soon. And, and yeah, I remember 
something I did as a kid the first time I visited Melbourne was I just walked down all the possible little laneways. <laughs> oh, what a great thing to do. That'd take a little while. It did. It took me it took me the whole day. Like I started <laughs> like early in the morning and but I had time to kill. I was like young teenager with no children so <laughs> well you've probably done more than most of us yeah maybe I, and that's you know i i know i have german friends who have seen a lot more of australia than i have and when you live somewhere it's not as much of a tourist destination to you as it is to people who aren't from your city let's have a listen to laneway culture and we'll have a a little bit further chat about the album the elephant in the room <laughs> You are listening to a podcast from Bent Notes. Find more podcasts and show blogs at joy.org.au. You're listening to Bent Notes on Joy 94.9, where my guest is Perth-based multi-instrumentalist, composer, a band leader and an educator, Gemma Farrell. Gemma, putting an album together for anyone is a huge undertaking, but you chose to put together an album for a big band, which is a lot of people. Why was it so important to put this album together? I think... Doing that first album is a really important step for a band. It sort of goes or tends to go compose, gig uh, as much as you can and then you do an album and then you might do a tour and you, yeah, and then you sort of just keep doing that order. After that, you do more tunes, another CD, another tour. (laughs) (laughs) And, And that was important. But this album particularly, I thought it would be great to have an album full of... I mean, we only play in the band, we only play music of Australian people of marginalised gender, genders, so Australian women, Australian non-binary and Australian trans composers. We sort of had enough of that to make up half an album of Western Australian composers and then we commissioned five more pieces for other other West Australian composers. So we thought the first one should be West Australian and the second one, I, I've already sort of got the rough sketch of a second one in my head. <laughs> well, oh, at least the people, wow. the at least the people I want to involve uh, more more Australia wide. Great, that'll be superb. I, I will look forward to that with bated breath. But of course, in between there, there was that word tour. Yes. Do you um, take your band on tour? We haven't done a tour yet. I was thinking that after this, the next step might be a regional tour. Obviously, it's a huge band. Doing something over east would be absolutely incredible yeah something something that we'll look at post-covid definitely something i'd like to do yeah it would be superb as a record of music played by west australian musicians composed by west australian composers i get this impression from the way you're talking that you are over the moon with the final product that you've achieved yeah absolutely i couldn't be happier yeah just not only how it sounded you know the recordings I got soon after we finished in the studio not only that sound but also how it sounded post mixing and like you hear it mixed and you're like oh wow that's another level of greatness and then you hear it mastered and that's another level again 
So, yeah, I'm extremely happy with the final mastered album. I should have the hard copies hopefully by next week. They're on their way at the moment. <laughs> it's got a lovely cover. Yeah, my friend who's actually based, uh, we went to high school together in Perth, but she's now a graphic designer based in Melbourne. Her name's Grace Manda. She did the artwork. She's done a couple of album covers for me. She's done my very first album and then two MFG albums. Yeah, so when when I was thinking of who should do it, you know, we wanted it to be music-wise, all West Australian, album-wise, all Australian. I think the only person involved who wasn't West Australian, though, was our, the guy who did the mastering, Will. He He's based in Tasmania. Will Barden. Yeah, but I wanted to have an Australian woman involved and I just thought, yeah, Grace would be perfect because it was called The Elephant in the Room, which is one of the track names. Then I thought, well, that would be an appropriate title. I sent my friend Grace, who did the artwork, I sent her pictures of rehearsal rooms that we often rehearse in and and then I said, hey, these are some pictures of some actual jazz rehearsal rooms. Can you do up something like this, make sure it has a couple of amps, a drum kit, piano, a double bass lying on the floor, and then if you could stick an elephant in there. (laughs) And then she showed me all these different elephants that she was modelling off of. There were a few that had, like, great big tusks and looked really sort of masculine, and I was like, and she was like, I think this one might be a bit more suited. And, yeah, I'm quite happy with the elephant that we chose I like to think of her as a she, and I think she looks quite happy. (laughs) It is a magnificent elephant indeed. It's just a nicely composed image, and everyone should get online and have a look at it at uh, the Artemis Orchestra website. The members of the band, they must have enjoyed this recording session. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, recording... I recorded in another friend's album on the weekend. It was interesting to be reminded of what it's like when you're not the band leader. I've always find it a lot of fun, like the actual recording bit, you have to focus and there's this sort of pressure not to make too many mistakes. Although it was great that I'd just been through the experience of being the band leader because I also know that you can fix most mistakes now. So that sort of made me feel a little bit better, although I was still trying to make as little as possible. So there, it, there is a pressure and you have to focus and you often end up doing at least three takes, maximum six takes of a tune. So it is tiring, but it's also fun. You get to hang out with people that you have a great time with. And yeah, I get along well with everyone that I work with and I always enjoy the lunch break. <laughs> we always go for <laughs> a course. ride to a cafe we like and hang out and have some fun and yeah, I, 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 you probably saw there was a promo video and I did. I, I got the band a cake <laughs> to celebrate. Yeah, that that was fun. It was a very nice touch. I imagine the the band members are, are now just champing at the bit to get into the studio for the next album. Yeah, hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, a big band sort of naturally, and being from Perth, which is you know not New York, it's often people will start out at Perth and then they'll go try somewhere else and then they often end up coming back which is exactly what I did but often you know might move people might move somewhere else permanently with that you know there's 
people, the, the lineup changes. It's changed quite a bit since when we first started. And I imagine by the time we do the next album, I mean, we already had one girl move to Melbourne as soon as the recording was finished. I'm sure there'll be a few changes. And it's always exciting, you know, seeing people move on with their careers like you're excited for them but it's also exciting getting new people involved in the project as well although of course it's always sad to have to say goodbye to people so it'll be interesting to see what the lineup is like then and there's some people who i hope will still be with us i suppose in one sense that that change of personnel is how so many big bands in the past have worked. They've had a set line for a period of time and people have moved on to other bands, started their own and others have come in. And that's part and parcel of the cross-pollination, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's something very typical of Australia and especially those smaller cities like Perth, Adelaide, Brisbane. A lot of people sort of strive to move to Sydney or Melbourne. Melbourne, I think Melbourne's probably the jazz destination where most people want to end up. And then if not, there than New York or Europe or something. So, yeah, it's sort of this temporary, this forever changing lineup is quite common, especially when you have students involved as well because sometimes students might play for a little bit and then decide they don't actually want to do music or or they they get a quote-unquote real job. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, the album has to be launched. Yes. Where are you launching it, and when is that happening? There's a fantastic new venue in Perth called The Recobite. The Recobite was opened right before COVID and luckily survived. A lot of new venues didn't. The Recobite's got a couple of different rooms in it and some great food, and they've got a thing on their website that says that Recobites traditionally were like gatherings, uh, places where people would gather to have a sober prayer <laughs> and, they, and they sort of say, we are definitely a place where people gather, but you can forget the sober part. <laughs> um, Changed a bit. <laughs> yes, but it's a great venue and it's right in the heart of Perth. So we're launching on the 26th of June. and a weeks in- away. Yeah, we've invited a band called Skase. Skase stands for Sarah, Kylie, Abby, Cameron and Eliza. (laughs) That's a five-piece group that, you know, it was sort of a group of young girls that I knew because I I thought that our support act should be young women. They got a band together and they've written some tunes and, yeah, I can't wait to hear them. Superb. So that's the the Rackabite, Sunday, June 26, from 7pm with Skase, followed by the Artemis Orchestra, 224 William Street in Northbridge, WA. The album is available through the orchestra's Bandcamp page, so head to bandcamp.com and search simply for Artemis and it will pop up. It's a great listen, Gemma. You've done extremely well with it. It's uh, one of those albums that I will be putting on over and over again. Tonight is a night of big band music on Bent Notes uh, in honour of the elephant in the room. We have a website, artemisorchestra.com. If you click on listen, it'll take you straight to our 
our Bandcamp page. Lots of great things there to see with the Artemis Orchestra. Let's have a listen to the elephant in the room, for which I believe there is a bit of a story. Yeah, Kate Pass, she wrote this tune for an assignment (laughs) at WAPA. She sort of needed a title and was like, that's how I feel when I play in all my old bands, so I'll call it the elephant in the room. And I just thought, envisioning Kate in a rehearsal, and I've often been the only female in a rehearsal as well. Gemma, Thank you so much for chatting with me tonight on Bent Notes about what is a wonderful album. My best wishes to you and to the orchestra for a wonderful launch night on June the 26th and much, much more music to come. Thank you so much. My guest on Bent Notes has been WA-based multi-instrumentalist, composer, band leader and educator Gemma Farrell. You're listening to Bent Notes on Joy (laughs) 94.9. You've been listening to a podcast from Bent Notes. Join us live each Sunday night on Joy 94.9. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.